All right, we are back for another episode of the Freewheeling Podcast, Vuelta a Burgos edition. Every time I do that, it makes me feel weird, but I guess <laughs> you said it. Lauren is here. Lauren, hello. <laughs> I had to jump in. I thought you pronounced that quite well. Have you been practicing? Yeah, I practiced all night. In the shower, in your bed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Amy Lauren Jones is here. Amy? Muy bien, Navi. <laughs> A big thank you to Steve Fleck, who's commentating on Flow Bikes and keeps giving us shout outs. Really nice of him uh, to promote the podcast on on Flow Bikes because a lot of people watch that. So thank you so much to Steve. Um, And he referred to you as Amy Lauren Jones. And I was like, I like that. Instead of Amy Jones, I'm just going to forever henceforth call you Amy Lauren Jones, which is your name. (laughs) Everyone calls me, yeah, everyone thinks it's like either a second... In Spain, they think it's like a second surname because you have two surnames and everyone else is like, thinks it's like a double barrel first name. But really the story behind the fact that I use it on all of my handles is that there was a girl in my year at school also called Amy Jones. And so we had to differentiate with our middle names. So school was a long time ago, but it's stuck, you know? Yeah, that tends to happen. Before we dive into today's episode, all about stage two at the Vuelta a Burgos We've talked extensively about the Cyclist Alliance. I mentioned it yesterday. They are doing amazing things for women's cycling. They're out there really making sure that as the sport grows, that all of the women are taking care of not only the world tour women, but everyone on every level. I mean, we we really can't say enough good things about them. And Cycling Tips is partnering that with them on a really cool project. The news will come soon, but in the meantime, if you want to support this podcast, support Cycling Tips, head on over to cyclingtips.com slash sign up and sign up for our Velo Club. You get all kinds of awesome perks, but one of the main ones is you get to join the Slack, which is an amazing community of fans of cycling, and uh, it's all good vibes over there, so... It's pretty fun. Lauren and I are regularly commenting <laughs> and having awesome conversations with people. Amy, we should get you into the Slack. I was just going to say, why is Amy not in there? There's a Slack. I'm always last into the cool club. I'll get you I'll get you into the Slack. It's a cool little group <laughs> over there. By signing up for the Velo Club, you'll get first the first-hand news of our partnership with the Cyclist Alliance and and what we're doing over there. The Velo Club has also band together to raise money for the Cyclist Alliance before, which, I mean, from from Lauren and I's perspective and Amy's perspective, but mostly Lauren and I because um, we've been at this longer. Sorry, Amy. I don't know where I'm going with <laughs> no, this. D- dude. You, to to need the cyclist alliance, you have to have like actually you know done some races and uh, not got dropped. So actually, no. If you get dropped, you can still get help from the cyclist alliance. But yeah, you can. <laughs> anyway, so we Amy. we really love the cyclist alliance, and we love that we love everything they do, and also the Velo Club. Anyway, this has turned into a really long rambling talk. So let's get into the actual news. I think before we talk about Vuelta a Burgos. We just have to take a minute to talk about Lauren Kitchen, FDJ Nouvelle Aquitaine Futuroscope rider, but she's also ridden for a ton of other huge teams, Rabobank, uh, WM3, High Tech Products, Wiggle. She's she's an incredible human being, and she announced today that she will be retiring from the sport early, and we just wanted to give her a round of applause because 
you know, it takes a lot to retire mid-season. Lauren, you can you can kind of chime in with your story about m- retiring unexpectedly, but she's had an incredible career and she's an awesome person and she's just she's going to do great things in the future. So, congratulations to Lauren Kitchen on an amazing career and um yeah, good luck. Yeah, I think like she said on her social media accounts, Lauren is definitely someone who doesn't just jump into anything. She thinks it through, unlike me. Um, and this was really a well thought out thing that has obviously been on her mind for a while. And I know, um, this whole COVID situation we've discussed it before has been really hard on a lot of athletes. Lauren's been in the sport a long time. She's a very intelligent girl. And, um, I know that she's, she's finished up her university degree. So I have no doubt that she's probably already got offers on the table for a job for, if not this year, next year. So Congrats on an awesome career, Lauren, and uh, we look forward to seeing what you're doing back in Australia when you eventually return. She's also, she recently, I think last year maybe, she started her own mentoring program where she's mentoring a young rider in Australia, um, like not affiliated with the Cyclist Alliance, but she chose a rider to, to kind of guide into the pro ranks, so... She's doing, I mean, she's just, she's just awesome. So yeah, the bad news. That was the, that was the good. This is the bad. Valgarda is canceled. So that is a huge bummer. Um, Cause those are great races over in Sweden. They're like early April is when they usually happen. Um, so they're the first world tour races after the Olympics and they are canceled for 2021. Early it's a TTT and a road race. Yeah, I'm not sure of the situation in Sweden. Um, it seemed like compared to all the other European countries, they're the most relaxed with COVID. I know that recently they've enforced a few more restrictions, but I, I don't know why why this would have happened. Um, the reason that they have canceled the race is basically just economic stability. So because of the pandemic, there's so much uncertainty around all of the racing, really, and they are a nonprofit. They can't take the risk of put it, going through all of the steps to put on the race and then have it be canceled and have them be out all of that money. So instead of taking that risk, they are just canceling the race for 2021 and focusing on 2022. It must leave a gap in the calendar now, if that's, if that's the case. Yeah, it it definitely does because n- there's this weird gap between um between the races now between Burgos and then La Course is is a, almost a month and then that's June 20 28th I think maybe and then there's another huge gap then between that and the next race. So it it, it does kind of really break apart the season again, but I guess as far as the women are concerned, they do. They still have the Olympics, and yeah, my memory of uh, Vegada in 2016 was some of the athletes who competed in the Olympics decided to race, and it was really cool because Amelia Fallon um, had a really great season that year. She was riding in support of Emmy Johansson, and then she decided to to race after the Olympics. Whereas a lot of athletes, yeah, do tend to take it off. Um, and she won the race. It's a really exciting race. It's a really 
beautiful part of the world to visit. So a bit bummed that it's it's not on the calendar, but I'm sure it will return. Now the world in the world tour calendar, we got La Corse is the 26th of June and then San Sebastian the 31st of July. So there's a month between Burgos, La Corse, and then a month between La Corse, San Sebastian. And then the TTT road race was August 7th and 8th. So then the next world tour race is the ladies tour of Norway on the 12th of August. So that is a massive gap between all of these races. And then after that, they've got kind of, you know, kind of back to back GP Plue. Oh, I love that race. Uh, the Saratizit challenge by La Vuelta, Perry Roubaix. So just a little sparse this summer, but hopefully it's just a COVID thing. I mean, we'll see. It's interesting as well, because that race um, was meant to be part of this battle of the North, right? Like next year. Mm-hmm. But I think I could be wrong about this, but I'm sure I read that they had actually pulled out of their involvement in that um, as well. Um as in because they wanted to be, be like a standalone race or they just I think so yeah, yeah I think they wanted to they didn't want to move the calendar position I'm not actually entirely sure of the the facts behind that but I'm I'm pretty sure that they it was supposed to be 10 days long but it's actually now going to be six because it's just Norway and um who were the other what was it there was three right it was three countries or anyway Back check corner is doing well today. I don't know what's happening, but <laughs> I, I, I'm pretty sure that's that's the case for next year. To be year fair, anyway. I really sprung that news on you guys because it only just came out this morning. So, yeah, I hadn't even seen that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So let's get into Burgo stage two. We kind of thought it was going to be a sprint stage, and we were wrong. This happens a lot, but it's we fine. Were so it's wrong. Great. It was. Really- it was a really exciting race, though. For a while there, I thought that. Uh, Anna Vanderbregen was trying to get off the front, get a little, get a little gap going. Demi Vollering as well. One time she came to the front, but she, when she did it, she got a little bit of space between her and uh, the FDJ rider who was behind her. So it looked like it was going to be like a really aggressive race to the finish, but it ended up that Anastasia Chersina won the stage by over a minute, and Elise Shabby took the overall from Grace Brown. Just by finishing ahead of her, they're still on the same time, um, which we we were talking before we started recording about how interesting it is that there wasn't uh, bonus seconds yesterday. Because the reason they throw bonus seconds in is so stuff like this doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah, there were bonus seconds, but they weren't sprinting for win. So yeah, I I actually thought maybe. Um, the rider who won would have taken the jersey, but she must have been quite far back yesterday because she mm-hmm. had an incredible performance today. She was so strong. Um, yeah, she was. Yeah. No, go. Go, Amy. I was just going to say, she was a minute and 11 seconds ahead of uh, of the peloton. So that's a pretty impressive gap. But um, she had a breakaway companion earlier on in the day in the form of our audio diarist, Abby, didn't she? Yeah. Heidi Franz was up there in the breakaway again, going for those mountain classification points. So I guess before we get any further, we can hear what Heidi had to say about the day. Hey, Abby. Wow. Um, What can I say about today? Um, Well, I came two kilometers from my 
first world tour podium. So that was pretty exciting. Um, it was, it was kind of a weird day actually. Um, nice and windy again, um, fast in the first part of the course. And then, um, yeah, not a lot of like really sticky moves going, um, over that first QOM. And, uh, then, of course, into the, like, block headwind. A um, couple girls go off the front, and I join them. And, um, yeah, and I actually told myself, what the heck? Why am I here? <laughs> this is so hard. Um, it's, like, it was, like, the worst situation to start a breakaway in, like, block headwind, super windy, um, and even going up a little 2K climb. And... Um, I could tell the girl from LA uh, who was in the break with me was really strong. And um, I kept having to convince her after we were gaining time pretty consistently. I was like, okay, just chill out a little bit on the climbs. And she was like, no, I'll push more. And I was like, no, because then you'll be alone in a headwind and you really don't want that. <laughs> um So I, I even really didn't feel that great today. I think I just feel... I mean, I feel super tired from just this whole um, really busy race block. And so I, I was like, all right, just settle in. You know, you know, you settle in in the breakaways and just see what happens. Um, and finally, we made it to the uh, really fast tailwind section of the course. And I was like, all right, this is good. Um, I can do this. So then we just got like a four minute gap. It was wild. Um, and hearing from teammates who were in the Peloton, um, there wasn't a really concerted chase from, from bike exchange, which was surprising. Um, Trek never got on the front. Apparently, uh, some of the smaller teams like Massey tactic and Instafund even got on the front and contributed to some chasing. So it really wasn't, um, yeah, there were, didn't seem to be a lot of motivation back there, which was nice because then uh, I could get to the start of the last GPM of the day. Um, I knew that I needed to get at least second to keep the jersey um, and actually have it be my own and not just borrow it. So, um, yeah, so we hit the climb. Um, I got dropped uh, <laughs> with like 200 meters to go from um, Tresina, I think is her name. Um, she was just riding super strong and I could tell she was definitely the strongest on the climbs. Um, but I just kicked around, uh, the Burgos rider who was with us, uh, for second. So kind of secured the, secured the Jersey that way. Um, and then despite myself, uh, telling, telling myself that that was my finish line, it was definitely not going to be my finish line of the day. Um, and I started to realize that. Uh, when I caught uh, caught the alley rider uh, on the descent and we still had this really fast tailwind and I was thinking, oh my God, okay, I'm still out here. Um, and But honestly, I really didn't have the legs to follow her. Um, she was really strong pulling through and, uh, and then she attacked me as well and I couldn't follow. <laughs> so um, yeah, so it was just a long long 10k to the finish um and i just kept telling myself just keep swimming <laughs> just 
just keep swimming. Uh, just steady, go as steady as you can. Um, I knew I couldn't really push more uh, than what I had. And so uh, I didn't want to like, I just had to go as hard as I could for as long as I could. And, and that's what I had on the day. So um, I'm still super proud. Uh, I Now I know that that's possible. Um, I can prove to myself that I can be there and um, and be in those situations. And those are the situations that I love the most uh, with racing and just being in the breakaways and being out front and kind of taking, taking the opportunities and, um, and stealing some points, uh, thwarting people's plans, breaking some hearts uh, is fun sometimes. So anyway, thanks, Abby. So yeah, a great day for Heidi out there. She's really been knocking at the door of, of the European Peloton for a couple of years now, and she's super new to riding. So it's really impressive to see her up there in a breakaway two days in a row. And, uh, and in that climber's jersey, the sprint from the Peloton was also really interesting. Arlena Sierra, our pick, well, one of our picks for yesterday, did finish third in the bunch sprint, so fourth on the day. But we got to see Amelie Diederichsen up there in the sprint, which we haven't really seen her, you know, up there contesting a win for a while. She was a world champion, and then she was really vocal after she'd been the world champion about how much pressure came along with it and how much it really affected her and her ability um, in, in the races. And she switched teams. She was on Bowles Dolmans up till um, the beginning of this year. Now she's on Trek Segafredo, but... She was up there racing Alice Barnes. The finish looked like she took second, but um, according to the new results, Alice Barnes took second and Amelie was third. You know. Hmm. I was really surprised that they they didn't bring Anastasia back, but I guess also not because it was one of those, that's kind of one of the fun things about stage races, right? Where they the break can really be, you can underestimate how how far away they are and how much of a gap they have and if you can bring them back and there was no really there was no chase that was very organized from the back from the peloton until canyon stram sent omer shapira up and they kind of organized a little bit more which clearly the reason they did so was because elise was on the same time as grace brown but as far as sd works chasing and stuff they were kind of breaking up the chase more than they were helping with the chase. I think because they had the numbers, what they had four riders in that select group that we had for a little while, um, they were just playing their numbers and they race aggressively. So they weren't going to just roll to the finish and try and catch them, uh, that front rider. And I'm assuming they knew that she wasn't a threat to the GC. So they were just looking at the composition thinking, Grace Brown's not here. She got involved, I'm assuming, with that crash which also played a bit of a, a part in the fact that the race didn't get so organised. They put a lot of pressure on that one climb, but I think that crash sort of mixed things up a bit. Um, and, yeah, who knows what, what would have happened if they hadn't, but I still think this rider potentially would have stayed away just based on, on the terrain and the, the, the lack of organisation. And the riders were just really racing for GC, it seems. Anna was really having a crack and it looked like, there wasn't a designated leader from SD Works. It was just they were all going to sort of chip in and have a bit of a, a go at the end there. 
But then, of course, that group from behind came back inevitably. Yeah, SD Works just seemed to be attacking, presumably to see if they could get anybody up the road to get a bit of extra time. Um, but it, yeah, the effect that it had was just that the chase wasn't, um, sorry, the, the chasing group behind could catch them because nobody was really committed. But again, Omar Shapira was just drilling it for Canyon. Like super impressive. I guess Elise was told that she wasn't on the usual tractor duties today. It's it's great that she wasn't because she's coming come tomorrow. I mean, tomorrow it's a stage three. It's like a little bit of a rolling day with a kick to the line, um, kind of a sh- a short short in quotes steep kick to the line. And I think I don't know if she can hold on to it after that. There's you know a handful of riders that are only five seconds down and. Neve Fisher-Black is on the same time, and she's a pretty great climber, although I don't know how she would go on a short short climb. I think she's maybe more of a long-climb climber. With Anna Vandenbregen and Demi Vollering both on only five seconds down from the lead of the race, SD Works has just endless opportunities right now for the GC, and so does Canyon Stram because Cashini Odoma is only five seconds off still. And Elise is in the leader's jersey. So there's multiple teams that have multiple cards to play at this point. It's right now, it looks like a battle between those two teams, although other teams have really strong climbers that, that will definitely come into play on stage four. Well, tomorrow, from what you just said or described, I think it could be a good day for um, Elena's Sierra. Um, if it is like a bit of a, a drag sort of kick to the finish. Depending how steep it is, um, I haven't looked at the profile exactly, but she's definitely someone that if she's there, the finish with that kind of finish would be definitely one for that. And I imagine Demi Vollering as well. I'm kind of surprised that Yumbo Visma isn't at this race. I was thinking the same thing mm. today. I was like, where's Voss? And then I realized, no, there's no Yumbo Visma. Are they on a training camp at the moment? Yeah, in uh, in Germany, ready for um, Thuringen. Thuringen. Yeah. Aha. Mm. Uh-huh. Okay. Mm. Oh, Which starts next soon. week, next Tuesday, next I think. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So before we move on, we should hear really quickly from our other audio diaries, Neve Fisher Black. Hello from. Burgos, uh, not so sunny Burgos today. Um, I'm here in our hotel with Anna Sheckley again. We're impatient. Again. <laughs> again. <laughs> We're impatiently waiting for our dinner, which is uh, taking its time. <laughs> for hungry. Yeah, that's always the case. We're waiting for food. Um, uh, we've just finished stage two of Walter Burgos. Um, today was, yeah, another short day, uh, under 100 k's again, so it goes by pretty fast. Um, it wasn't so, the weather was quite different today, not so windy uh, and not so hot. Actually, it rained on us at the end. Um, in terms of the race, it was pretty tranquilo. Yeah. Not much, not too much happened. A break went away early, and 
they weren't really contenders, so the Peloton sort of let them go away. Um, we had some narrow roads to navigate, so some of it was a little bit dodgy, but uh, that's racing. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then one main climb of the day, which, uh, yeah, our team actually put some pace on up to make a nice slick group over the top, but, uh, yeah, it all came back together in the end for the final, um, so it was a bit of a sprint finish. Oh, except one, one of the breakaway girls stayed away. Um, but it didn't shake up GC so much, so still, actually Elise Shabby wears the leader's jersey tomorrow, which is quite cool, because she's an ex-teammate of mine, it's nice to see her up there, and yeah, I'll keep wearing the white jersey tomorrow, which be nice, hopefully can keep it cleaner tomorrow, <laughs> um, and Demi got ninth for us today. Which yeah, it was a bit of a tricky finish in the end, so a bit, bit dodgy. Slippy. Yeah, a bit slippery with the rain. Um, so yeah, and now yeah, as I say, we're just waiting for dinner. We've got a nice uh, cake that Sharon made. We're looking forward to today. I think uh, what was it? Carrot and Carrots, zucchini. Courgette, zucchini. Courgette, yeah, whatever the English, the British girl says. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it sounds healthy, but anything that Shara makes always tastes good, so yeah, we'll look forward healthy. to that. <laughs> and we'll get back to you after tomorrow's stage. Two days to go. My favourite part of Neve's diary from the first day was definitely... So she roped in her teammate, Anna Shackley, and Anna <laughs> was just awesome talking about how the highlight of her day was getting Anna Vandebregen bottles <laughs> that's adorable it must be I mean, quite special though to be yeah. on the team with Anna and they're both very young writers um who before they turned went world tour I imagine they were just watching Anna and wanting to be a similar writer to her so it is a really special thing um if you've been on a team with really big writers like when I went to Lululemon, I actually had this like, this is really dorky, but I'm going to say it anyway. I had a dream board with like a map of Europe when I was like 18, 19, 20. And then I had pictures of all my favorite writers stuck on this dream board. It's adorable. <laughs> That's and so cute. Out of all these pictures, I think on the team in 2012, there were like four or five of those writers I had on this dream board. So it's Aww. a pretty special thing. So, yeah, that's adorable from her. But I can relate. <laughs> she also said that Anna said to her something like, thanks, I'll remember that. Also, I don't know. And she was so stoked. I was like, that's so sweet that she, like, said that. Yeah. The One of the best things about women cycling I've found, Lauren, like, same as you, I had, like, <laughs> riders that I just thought were the coolest ever. And then you meet them and they're actually freaking cool. Like I just thought Taylor Wiles was just an absolute goddess. And, and I was watching her race when I was younger and everything. And I was like, Oh my gosh, she is amazing. And then I met her and she's actually that cool in person and like lived up to all of the hype in my head. And how, how often does that happen in the world? I mean, I feel like in, in women's cycling for sure, there's so many amazing women who race that, you know, 
young girls and 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 boys and anyone can look up to and then you meet them and they are as cool and i feel like that doesn't happen as often i i wonder if like if i met emma coburn again and if she would be like as cool as as she seems that's like a fear too isn't it when you idolize someone and then you meet them and they don't actually meet your expectations i've had that with non-female athletes um and I was like, oh, that's a bit of a disappointment, Lance Armstrong. Not, awesome. <laughs> not, not for the doping, but the actual fact he's just a shitty human being. Yeah, that's true. You know, and um, it was only when I moved to America before the whole doping scandal I heard what an a-hole he was. And I was like, oh, this is crushing. <laughs> that was like the first name I learned when I entered cycling at the age of 13. So... I wonder if Taylor Swift is as, like, cool in person as she seems. Don't ever find out, Abby. No. <laughs> don't, don't meet her because that, that'll just just keep her on a pedestal in your head. What would I do with myself? I don't <laughs> even know. Like, my whole world would collapse. <laughs> I'm sure she's nice. Anyway, should we make picks for tomorrow? Well, I gave my prediction, which was your prediction for today. Um yeah. Elena Sierra? Yeah, it's a good pick. It's a good shout. That being Ooh. said, Alice Barnes is bloody strong, and we saw her epic long sprint today. So, again, I'm not 100% sure how hard the finish is tomorrow, but it's here I come with the facts. It's a final three Ks it's on the race website, is an average, from what I can tell, an average of 5%. Okay, that's that's on, deep it's now. on a climb. It's and I think it kicks up at the end. Like it looks like it's um, mm. it, it looks like it comes into a town and then it kind of comes up a final little like mound where you know those Spanish towns. They, some of them have like a church on top or something like mm-hmm. that. It comes up a couple. There's I think two switchbacks and then it looks like from the profile that the final K slash final bit is is steeper maybe eight percent or something it's not crazy steep it's not it's not like you know the fin- that one finish at the Giro Rosa where Voss won and then she was crossing the line and everyone was just stopping and falling over I was just thinking of that is that when she caught Lucy Kennedy no I was uh, thinking no. I was thinking 2020 the 2021 where they changed the finish like uh. during the stage and then Voss won and she and I think Dem, I think Laura Capecchi was maybe second on that stage, oh, and that yeah. was the stage that we were like, "Oh my gosh, this Belgian rider is amazing!" And then they, everyone was crossing the line and just immediately stopping and like falling over, and people were like, there was people running everywhere <laughs> trying to like catch all the riders because it was so steep that none of them could stop. It was pandemonium. I was stood there, and it was carnage. Like, and I was just like. I'm glad I'm not riding up that today or ever. But interestingly, that was um, a CC where the men's Giro was this week or last week, actually. So, yeah. But they didn't go up that climb because they're not hard enough, are they? No, definitely not. (laughs) Definitely not. My pick for tomorrow is a little bit of a bold choice because it kind of depends what Canyon Strand, how how Canyon Strand plays it. My pick is Kasha, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm. Amy? <laughs> oh, no. Um, I think Vollering. 
Yeah, that's a good. That's a, after you what you just said about the finish. It's a good shout. Mm. Let's say it is a Voss finish as well, but she's not here. Exactly. And the next one is probably depend. Yeah, I guess it depends how the rest of it's raced too. Yeah, I think tomorrow looks like a, actually a really good day for the breakaway. Um, mm. If if they initially i thought tomorrow looked like a really good day for the breakaway but then today someone stayed away so maybe tomorrow isn't a good day for the breakaway after all but i have told taylor wiles that she should aim for the win tomorrow from the break so that would be pretty cool does she win on demand because i think i've told her she should go for a lot of other things too (laughs) just go for everything taylor you should win liege yes on liege (laughs) (laughs) one day it's coming anyway that's all we got for today we can sign off with our final audio diarist brody chapman see what brody thought of today she was up there getting getting kind of involved with uh the sd works action when they were having some fun at the front in the final 20k so let's hear what brody had to say The stage was fast and fun today. Um, there were a few attempts at getting a breakaway going and finally one stuck with three girls and then it was just about protecting GC riders until the second last climb, which got quite pinchy and split the group. So Scylla was in a pretty elite group of climbers over the top of that. I was in the second group with Evita and uh, yeah, we had such a long downhill and flat back to the finish that it did come back together for a bunch sprint for second place. Um, the girl from LA Cipollini in the breakaway won, which was quite good for her. And yeah, it was a it was a good day. We stayed safe and just finished in the rain, which we were pretty stoked. We didn't have to race in the rain all day. Uh, but yeah, pretty excited that there's another stage tomorrow as is the way with stage racing. (laughs) And uh, yeah, we'll see how it plays out.